The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Gregory Ajid, and uh, this evening I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Darian Douglas. What's going on? Yo, Greg, what's up? Can you hear me good? I feel great, man. It's a, it's a holiday. I took a two-hour nap today, you know, so I'm feeling great, man, you know? That's Excited. wonderful. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, yeah. So let's uh, take some take care of some of the housekeeping. Uh, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, we got this wonderful camp coming up in two weeks. We got the two week countdown. Oh, man. I think is it is it two weeks or one week? It's in, it's in. Well, I guess it's two weeks and 14 days. We start on the 14th, right? Oh, man. So now music workshop. If y'all never heard of it, go to secondlinearts.org. Check it out. We're, we're all booked so we, we can't get you this year, but hopefully in person, we can get you next year down in New Orleans. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a vibe. Man. It's going to be a vibe. And fortunately, even though we are fully booked this year, we will be live streaming our classes. So if you are interested in auditing our classes or interested in just kind of sitting in and see what we're, we're doing this year, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and I believe also Twitch this year. Yep, yep, yep. Also, another thing you can do for us, if you're listening to this and you're at home and you want to get a billion, trillion, gazillion, jillion dollar idea from the master himself, you can sign up for our newsletter. And uh, you can also do it on our website. I think the I think the handle is secondlinearts.org slash newsletter. And uh, you can get all the goodies from from Gregory and myself. Once a week. We're not going to flood your, your inbox, so dig it. Once a week. That's it. The best kind of spam mail. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, well, this evening, we're, we're joined by a very special guest. We have uh, one of New Orleans' premier piano players, composers, and uh, all-around wonderful people. Uh, we're joined by the great Oscar Rossignoli. And uh, why, don't, why don't we just bring him on and uh, and uh, see what's up with Oscar. Oscar, welcome to the Working Artist Project. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? <laughs> Thanks for having oh, man, me. Everything's good. Yeah. Oscar, you know what? Yeah. I was thinking about this, Greg, and I don't think you know this, man. I met Oscar way back, in, way before New man, Orleans. You remember man, you met me at like the, the very, very <laughs> beginning. I could, I could, yeah. I knew 10 words in English kind of times. It, yeah. It, bro, it, it's crazy to think about because, because people of earth who are listening to this, um, <laughs> I used to do these tours, these gospel tours right. with the Honduran band. Like going to the smallest towns <laughs> in the universe, like I mean, really? it's like yeah, man, it's like towns of like twenty people, a thousand people, right? In Oscar? Mississippi, and in Mississippi, right? And so Oscar appears at one of these events. I don't even know how, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this kid, man? He can play like he can really play." And uh, yeah, anyway, I was just thinking about that today. Like, man, I was like, "When did I meet Oscar?" I was like, "Wow, man, that, that, that was, was like eleven years ago, <laughs> twelve, eleven years ago." What probably was it 11 more? Uh, 2010, yeah, 2010, I guess. 
So. Yeah, 2010. Because before I moved to New to New Orleans, yeah, bro. Yeah. Man, it's crazy to it's crazy, really crazy to think about how much time flies and how long we've all known each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's better. It's it's sometimes better not to do the math sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but that's 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 actually a great place to start. You know, um, uh, f- a lot of people down here in New Orleans. I mean, you know, New Orleans is definitely a metropolis of the world, but it's it's not. I would not say it's an international city like a place like New York or Paris, um, which is why it's especially cool that we have someone like you, Oscar, who who made it uh, made it to the states and, and decided to call, I guess, Baton Rouge home at first. And then you came down to New Orleans. So we'd love to hear about how did you end up in uh, Louisiana? Uh, yeah, man, it was strange now that I think about it, if you look back, of course. But uh, I had tried to come to the States to study music for a long time. You know, it was uh, a desire that I had even when I was like in sixth grade. Why? Because I, I went to school with other kids that we were in this music thing. It was a school that was just for music. And uh, I had classmates whose uh, older brother, older sister, they were, I, we just would hear, oh, they're studying in the US. And they're playing in this orchestra, symphony orchestra in some city in the United States. I'm like, man, that's so cool. That's what I want to do. So, you know, that was in my in my mind and, and, and uh, my parents, they were on board, like they, they were like, really like, yeah, yeah, you should do that. So in 2007, the first, my first jump to do that was to uh, Boston, US. I went to audition for Berkeley College of Music. That was my first experience. Also the first time I got on a plane. Uh, crazy, crazy, man, crazy. Uh, How old were you? I was... 17 or 18, first time I got a visa, you know, the whole adventure going through that too. It was a whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I went to, I got to Berkeley. I requested some, uh, the interviewer to be a Spanish speaking person because I didn't know any English and they did. And I went, audition was great, great experience. I got accepted and they gave me a scholarship that I said, well, what's the rest? how can I but it's uh, I can't I can't so I went back home and uh, stayed there for a little bit and after a while I got in touch with some of my classmates from that school in elementary school years that they were here they were here they were studying so uh, Darian all those these guys that you know now like Jorge Josue uh, Joel all these guys were here so they, they, they told me, man, we are at this school is here in Louisiana, Louisiana State University, and uh, the music director just kind of quit. So the piano teacher is, in, is the interim director. So I think it would be a cool thing for you to come and try and see. So that's why the connect, how the connection happened. And him being a pianist in jazz and classical like I was doing, he took me and said, yeah, you should come here. And, that's how I ended up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I mean, you know, you, th- that story is beautiful because uh, to me, it's like a story of like perseverance and also like keeping your eye on your dream because, and, and I can relate to that coming from Mississippi, you know, it's, yeah. it's almost as far as Honduras because <laughs> like you, you're, you're in a situation where you want to do something, but 
You cannot do it where you are. And for a person to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to go to Boston. I need to get to the United States no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can, can you kind of talk about that? Like how you kept that focus, especially uh, being so young. And I'm sure it, in any trials and things that you, that were yeah. kind of barriers. In so your actually life. before, before having that attitude, I like right after Berkeley, when I came back home, I said, yep. So my dad's, yep. They accepted me. They gave me a, they gave me a $5,000 a year scholarship. So can't go. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. So I, dis- I, I, I actually decided not to be a musician full-time then. I said, you know, that's too expensive, man. It's so crazy. Uh, I think these kind of things happen to like rich people in Honduras. I don't know. So, but you know, I have my friends here. We all play jazz, which is the thing that I like. And I'll just be playing weddings on Saturday nights on some gigs, Friday nights, you know, I'll be fine. And I went to school for something else. I, I did a year of marketing and one semester of like computer system engineers, some, some stupid stuff like that. Stupid in my case, not that those careers are stupid. Uh, in, in, in my case, that was, that just, just didn't make sense. So I was in my classes, you know, uh, thinking about chords and melodies and, and like, oh man, I think that chord, you know, doing that stuff. I had a scholarship playing piano for the choir at that institution. So that was all, it was safe, you know, that was my future. But I lost my scholarship because I didn't do my homeworks because I was playing gigs at night and I didn't do, you know, I, that was not for me. So until then, after that, I realized, oh shit, I have to do this 100%. It's either 100% or nothing. I can't do it halfway. So then I started going back again and contacting my friends. Hey man, I hear you're in the States. How are things there? I want to try this thing again because I have to, you know? So yeah, from that point on, it was like, I just have to do it. And even at LSU, the scholarship situation was almost like the same as Berkeley. Not as, you know, of course I was in Louisiana, so I could, I could, afford paying and uh, paying rent but it was also a shaky situation when every semester i was like well do i have to go back home and then play concerts for people that would support the rest of my tuition every semester then you have the english part of it and then you like try just trying to like socialize with people and you don't know how to do how to say things and so all of that but like you say they're in like if you keep, like, there's no option. Like, I just have to do it. There's no option. That's, that seems like so many things to take on, too, as a young person, to take on the responsibility of, of um, you know, again, like, leaving your home, leaving your family, yeah. and going to this this whole other country, and dealing with all of those, that, that instability of, like, hey, is the scholarship going to come through? Where am I living? How yeah. am I going to make this work? Mm-hmm. Um, can, you, can you talk about also maybe, like, um, why it was important for you to leave Honduras and come to the States? Definitely. Because I, I it was, it's well known that it was going to be very difficult for me to, to make, to just be a musician in Honduras, like a hundred percent turn, like what I do now, you know, like just like dedicating a hundred percent to a craft. 
and just having the time to just practice and, and, and develop your ideas, creating something, and then going out that, hey, I have this. And then you find a community that says, oh, cool, show us. Or you find programs or institutions that say, yeah, we want to show people what you did. So we don't have that, or it's very difficult, or is is yeah, the, the environment doesn't allow to do that freely. I would have to have three jobs during the day to be able to do that, and, and that's not something I was willing to do. I think sometimes in America, you know, especially when you, you we look at <clears throat> young people in in them trying to accomplish something, they don't have enough barriers. I think sometimes. To, to entry. So, so they get jaded. They're just like, give me, give me, give me, give me. But the work part of it, like that part, that thing that you have, that X factor is like, okay, I'm going to do this no matter what. Like, this is what I want to do. I'll fucking eat a horse raw if I got to do it. Yeah, I'm going to, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there's no option. You know, there's I, no option. Like, I, I think if I was, it was, let's say I was a citizen here in the United States and I went to college and I had those uh, challenges with my scholarship not enough money, I would have quit. I would have stopped. You know what? I'm not going to go to school this year. I'm going to work and then come back next year. I didn't have that luxury. Or or I'm just going to take a loan. I don't have that. I don't have that option. So it's either are you find a way to do it. English, like I can't afford not to have good grades because I would lose my scholarship. Then I would lose my visa. So, you know, it was all like I had to just be on top of things. That's, that's one of those crazy things too. Like, um, you know, as, as Americans, it's hard for us to internalize the privilege that comes with just being born in this land, <laughs> you know, when it comes to just all, all the things that you're mentioning. And those, those, those things are extremely difficult for natural born American citizens to understand that like, not only there's many types of privilege that I think we discuss in, in, in our common discourse, but we never really talk about American privilege. And yeah. that's something that everyone here in America does have <laughs> uh, yeah what was what was coming coming to the states what was like uh did anything like shock you about life here or the people or did anything just, um like, yes i think it shocked me to see people just talking on their iphones on the street like nothing just walking down the street with with valuable things i wasn't i wasn't you know you grew up like learning how to look back when you're walking forward because you have to keep, you know, keep your surroundings in check. And, and uh, maybe like you said, like just, you know, so many comfortable things that you guys have here. Like that was, that was just like, oh, wow, it's different. Uh, but honestly, man, like I would have felt more of a cultural shock and, and things like that if I was not involved in something that was like totally absorbing me completely which is studying music, you know, going to school, English. So I didn't have time even to contemplate, oh man, I'm so far away from home. I miss my friends. Like I didn't have time for that. <laughs> you just had to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, Oscar, I want to kind of switch gears right now and talk about this record you got coming out. It's called, it's called Inertia. Inertia. And something that's, that struck me that was was very interesting because not many people do this, especially on record, is that uh, half of the songs seem to be completely improvised. Like you improvise those, 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 vamos and uh, I can't remember the name of the other one you sent. 
but you completely uh I think it's a prelude to chick. Yeah. You completely improvise these these joints in the moment and you know what's what's that like man like to to take that kind of a risk in the studio. Uh yeah, it's yeah, I'm not afraid to say man, I'm very proud of 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 releasing a record like this because um I feel it kind of goes along my personal personal development yeah uh, you know just being being uh, secure about who you are and just not being afraid to say what you think and be the person that just you you know things that you believe in things that you want to do and you just do it so to me improvisation or the process i've been i've, I've gone through uh with improvisation it's a little bit like that because so I used to do it by myself in my practice room. And as soon as somebody would pass the door, there was a little window that you could see. I would stop. I would start because yeah. I, I'm, it sounds, it sounds like shit or it sounds like something else or it's, uh, you know, all those insecurities. So I feel like this journey of playing solo music has been like also part of me just like being more secure about myself and, and, you know, jazz that you, you, you put, you put yourself out there to work with the others that are putting themselves out there. So that those requirements to make this music work, uh, help me also bring in that part of my personality. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> I, I came, you know, for me, I think kind of both of us actually, Greg and I both came from people who our mentors were true improvisers. And so that mm -hmm. impresses me because most, this is, this is what most jazz musicians do. And this, this is going to offend some people and I don't really care. That's great. But oh, most jazz, bring most it. jazz musicians, bring it. They, show, they show up and they play all that shit they practiced. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, they just practice their solo and now they're like fucking regurgitating it to me and it's, it's boring as hell. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But, to see a true improviser like you, like the free jazz musicians or like, like Sonny Rollins is another guy mm -hmm. who, who is an absolute genius. And to, to me, it's just, and so are you, bro. Yeah, Oscar. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. That's, that's, that's really what I mean with this word inertia. It's just, it's like a place I want to be to make this music. Like, I don't want to impose practice licks, ideas. I just want to see what, be be open enough and and let the ego go too. So you're not you're not thinking, oh, this has to sound like this. This has to be hip. Because then it's not. Um yeah. Man, you know, Darian, as you were telling that story, I was thinking of something Kid Jordan used to say to me all the time. I feel like maybe once a month he would go off on this tangent. And he would, you know, Kid was a, a an avant-garde improvisational master. And he would he would get like real serious and intense and like look you right in the eye and be like, y'all don't know anything about improvisation. Y'all y'all learning all these books out of the Omni book, all these licks out of the the Omni book. He's like, give me give me one month, a dog and an Omni book, and I'll get that dog playing all the licks like you like all those cats <laughs> oh on the records. <laughs> wow. And he's like he's like that's 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 not improvising. You just regurgitate. Dang. Anyone can do that. A parrot can do oh it. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! <laughs> Hey, that no truer words were ever spoken. Damn, yeah, <laughs> Oscar, man. Why don't we? Why don't we right now take a minute to kind of to check out one of these tunes? And I think this one is um, 
prelude to Chick Corea. The video is a prelude, no? The video is Vamanos. Vamanos. Yes. Okay, sorry, my bad, y'all. Okay. So the video is okay. Vamanos. Here we go.
Wow, that's absolutely incredible, Oscar. Oscar, um, yeah. So we'll give you give you the round of applause. <laughs> Thanks, um, sir. <laughs> so I, I would love to hear um, uh, more about the the composition and maybe also hear about like maybe some of your musical influences because just just in listening to that, there's there's so many sounds and, and inspirations that I would love to hear. Um, how, how, what, what your process is in uh, creating something like that? Uh, yeah, some for some for, for this project, some of the compositions were tunes that I've written many years ago, and that I would I have played in gigs here in New Orleans. You know, like more in the jazz tradition, like this is the head and improvisation, go back to the head. And uh, some others were entire improvisations, like from nothing. Uh, like the other track, Preludio, Prelude for Chick, it's like that. For this one, for Vamonos, it was, I had that bass line, just an idea. That's all I had for that first part. And then that weird melody that changes afterward. Those were the two ideas I had. I didn't have any, any like, what I'm going to do with it. Like, what's the form? Or I just say, Let's see if I can just play around with these two things. Um, and uh, I like to play a lot with textures. Like I, I, I use a lot of the pedals for, to, to create a little more uh, thick textures or, or, or things like that. Um, and uh, I, think, I think it's you can hear the fusion of the jazz, classical, and Latin you know, influences. That's how I music I grew up listening to, uh, Latin jazz specifically, like uh, Chucho Valdez, Gonzalo Rubalcaba, uh, Michel Camilo, uh, artists like that. Uh, of course, I was studying classical all this time. And, and uh, before even knowing what jazz was, I would try to improvise based on the pieces I was writing, I was uh, studying. Uh, so all those things, I feel that's, that's where all these sounds come from. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. It, 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 right away when I heard that, I was like, yo, man, I hear the Latin in here. This is this is so funky, man. It's can't help it, man. Can't help it. It's, yeah, man, no, absolutely. It's, yeah, man. It's like it's like this 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 Latin Latin American WC meets New Orleans, <laughs> Scott Shock and all that stuff. <laughs> wow. I like that. Yeah, actually, write that right? down. Put that put that in your marketing materials. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's on. It's man, in. You, have you, uh, Oscar? You know, New Orleans, like the the music scene here in New Orleans, is is you know again one of the most alive and, and vibrant in the world. Um, but but a lot of times, I think um, you know the the scene kind of gets pigeonholed into a couple genres of music. And you, you're just a, mm -hmm. an incredible musician with so many um, styles and, and and abilities at your fingertips. And I was wondering, how, have you, if you've ever found it challenging to maintain your artistic vision in a city like New Orleans? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, man, actually, I think it's the opposite. I think New Orleans has driven me where I am. I think, because that's exactly what I, what I, what I encounter here. Uh, I was playing with Brad Walker. I was playing with Steve Lance and Jason Weaver. I was playing with Ultra this Latin band in New Orleans. Those were my first gigs. So I, I moved to a city and I just encountered these opportunities and everybody plays with everybody and every gig is a different style of music. And 
I just felt like I was comfortable doing all of that. I could say, oh, it's not, oh, what is this, a uh, gypsy folk jazz? Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, but we read uh, Nashville the course. Like, ah, okay, yeah, let me try it, man. Like, I don't know, like, I'm just down to, if, if, if I hear, like, the music is sincere, is honest, and the artist is somebody that, you know, you can, you can tell when somebody's like, I'm in this, I'm working in this, I'm trying to, to create this that is very important to me. So you can feel that even if it's on a style of music that you're not familiar with. And uh, also, I grew, growing up playing in church, I think that played a role in me just like welcoming all styles of music because the church I grew up in, man, it was like a mixture of like uh, Southern Baptist with gospel with like so many different styles here. Like it was a, in one place. So we would, I would have to learn for the band many songs, many hymns in different styles of music, rock, gospel, Latin, you name it. So I think it was just like a very normal, natural fit for me to come to a city where it offers all yeah. kinds of I think, you know, great, Oscar, that's beautiful, man. I think sometimes the tourists come to New Orleans and they think it's a monolith. You know, they think it's just like, all right, I'm going to go down to New Orleans. I'm only going to hear trad jazz from 1922. I'm only going to hear yeah. that. And, and like, nah, yeah. man, like people in New Orleans are playing every style of music, just like in every other major city. You know, in my, in some cases, exactly. it's, it's, it's more diverse. And also you see the same guys playing the a hip hop gig, but also you'll see the same guy playing a trad gig, which, which, isn't exactly. true in a city like yeah. New York, where in a city like New York, you have to choose which which one you're going to pursue. But New Orleans is like a, a true representation of uh, humanity. So that, that's, yeah. I agree with yeah. that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Man, so you've been in New Orleans now for what, seven years, eight years? It's been seven, so years, seven years in June. June, June what, 14th. What's, what's next? Yes. Like, how do you, how do you see yourself elevating your career and is that going to include new orleans or do you feel like you have to leave and if so why uh i i don't feel like anything right now i feel like it's i feel comfortable in new orleans which is probably not a good thing <laughs> but um but uh you know so far i can make a living here again we go to the same principle from honduras like can i do what i love here without having to sacrifice doing what I love. So if the answer is yes, then I've, I'm, I'm still here and I'm, I'm still doing things. I'm, I'm actually studying a little bit of music production. I'm, 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 I'm getting very curious, almost obsessive with film scoring. And so I'm, I'm starting to like, you know, just doing some research, research about that. Uh, but I just want to do what I'm doing, man, just better. And and once once this the traveling seems to be coming coming back very quickly. So I would still would love to go, you know, play more in New York, play more in LA, play, play more, have a tour in Europe, you know, which that's all of that, all of that. Play play with the my heroes if I get to, you know. That's 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 it. What's what's the dream hero gig? The dream hero gig, oh man, so many. You got I would love to play with. I would love to play with Bram. Ooh, Marcellus. 
I would love to do that. I would love to get my Hey Brantford, kicked. if you listen to this, bro, hire hire Oscar, man. Fire Joey, hire Oscar, man. <laughs> Joey, he been in the band long enough, oh, man. man. Change this shit up, man. Come on, bro. Oh man. I'm 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 your I advocate. Would just say man. with that t- be careful what you ask. Yeah. For. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I know. Believe me, I'm aware. That'd be one of those situations where you actually get the call and you're like, oh, shit. Right, right. Like, is this a good thing? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, it'd be a great thing. Man, you know, and I, I, I would welcome it either way. I yeah. would welcome it either I'm way. sure it'd be yeah, fun. That if, <laughs> if you ever needed a clarinet player, I would sure hope to God he called me. <laughs> Man, Oscar, let's listen. Let's listen to a little bit of this other one, "Prelude for Chick." Yeah, man, that that's another beautiful one, man. I'm, you know, I think just then, what connection, you know, do you have to Chick Corea? You know, seeing that we, you know, recently lost him and everything. Uh, it, it, this is an interesting story actually, because we were, I was mixing this album uh, at Esplanade Studios, uh, a mix uh, with working with Misha Kashkashishvili from like, his own studio. So we are mixing this, this, this song and I'm looking at my phone and I see the, the news of chicks passing. So I, we find out about that then. This is a free improvisation. Like I, I, I didn't have any of the themes or any material, like it was just something that happened at the moment. But I started realizing, man, this sounds like something, sometimes like something that chick would hopefully like or or I can hear his influence on me on this track like very like strongly, so that's what that's why I named it like that. And 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 I would mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, when you're doing a track like that, so th- this was an improvised uh, track, right? 
Yeah. Do, do you yes. have? Did you have a name? Like, did you walk into the studio with like a sketch already of what it was going to be like? Did you know that like you were going to do an homage to Chick? And oh no, not at all, not even close. Nothing, nothing. I just knew I was going to do some songs that I have, and I have this baseline for this and this two chords that I want to do something with this, and then nothing. So this this pre- prelude to Chick is something. It's one of those that is from nothing. I just. Started to play some groove in D, and this that's that's how it. So what what, what do went. you do? What do you do when someone's favorite track is is the Prelude to Chick? They show up to your gig, and you're like, "Could you please play Prelude to Chick?" <laughs> I would say, "Sure, yeah, here it goes." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you know the the most interesting thing, like when you go into a situation <laughs> like that where you hear about somebody who who you admire and you love, and then you're inspired to to play something. You know, for me, it's it's more spiritual than musical. You know, it, it like transcends anything that that is physical, and 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 then automatically you're playing on another level because it's like almost like Chick is speaking through you. All those hours you spent listening to those records, and and maybe you saw him once in concert and he touched you, but you didn't get to talk to him. Like that, to me, is what. That's just yeah. The sad part is like mm. I didn't see him live. And I think he was coming with his trio, man, in 2020. Wow, Jazz really? In the or- to New Orleans. I think that was the plan. And then, of course, happened. But, man, right on point. That's exactly how I felt. Like, I, I was surprised by how shocked I was that he passed. It was like, I don't know this person. But then I do. I, I know one aspect of his. And... I, I was realizing, like, man, all this, my attitude towards music, towards, like, any kind of music that is good, you know, yeah, I'm down. Like, I don't want to be in this box. I want to just, just, I'm down for anything that is worth doing. And I I started, like, seeing, like, man, that's Chick's philosophy. That's why you see his career and he's done, when people say, man, I don't like Chick's music. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, I don't like, I don't like some of his stuff either, but that's just one thing. That he did so yeah i just i, I felt like it was man like i'm really like heavily influenced by this person's like creations and it's 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 kind of that's pretty deep too because like someone like chicoria has such a deep body of work that ex, you know extends past genre and in and, and periods and things like that and if any moment it's like what yeah how could you even like or dislike chick there's so many different things and i think that's maybe the yeah. same experience someone would have listening to you too because you you play in so many different you know again having your your, your solo um your solo group having your own uh, trio did the work you're doing with extended yeah. and and many other artists uh, joe dyson and so on it's you know if you were to catch a snapshot yeah. of oscar it's like in what context <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like being in that place, man. I like it keeps it fun, it keeps it new. It new when 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 some gigs are start repeating themselves, it's it, it weighs on me a lot. Because I'm used to okay, what we're jumping. Where? I don't know. We're just jumping to somewhere else. And I almost like now crave yeah. that. I think we all do, man. We all stuck in a house, you know, in in this Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. As soon as we get a chance to um, to to exude creativity, because that's why we're all here, you know, people like us. So uh, we'll we'll be able to feel whole. You know? Exactly. Look, man, we get into we come exactly. into the end, man. You got something, Greg? Go ahead. 
Can I ask one more thing before we wrap up? Man, Oscar, if you have um, some advice to a young musician looking to to be in your shoes or, you know, career-wise in a place like you, uh, what, what, what kind of uh, advice or guidance can you impart on them? Um, man, lately I've been just thinking about my decisions and, and, and why, where I am and why am I here. And I just think like sometimes it's important to listen to to whatever attracts you, whatever draws your attention, like whatever makes you, oh man, I'm, I spent two hours doing this and I, where did the time go? And sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be something musical or something in your career. And I just feel like being aware of that can help you like take the path that is the best for you. That's probably sounds very weird, but that's that's just what's been in my mind. Yeah, maybe. that's hey, man, Oscar out here dropping dimes, y'all. So y'all <laughs> y'all need to pay attention, man. Write this shit down. <laughs> man, yeah, so we're gonna oh, wrap man. it up here, man. But we do want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody where to to connect with you. You're, you're on the socials, your website, how to buy your merchandise, the record. <sighs> Absolutely, uh, I'm mainly posting my stuff on Instagram. And Facebook, so you can find me there, Oscar Rossignoli, just Google me. <laughs> uh, uh, you can get my album everywhere, pretty much. Uh, uh, it's on Bandcamp, definitely there. And uh, I have uh, my CD release party on June 8th. It's going to be here in New Orleans, uh, the St. Peter and Paul Church, uh, June 8th. Uh, it's a beautiful, huge space. You know, I play a chord and goes everywhere immediately it's it's it's, it's amazing can't wait to play there um and uh yeah just go check my album <laughs> there it like is y'all hey the most important i think the best place y'all can go right now to buy oscar's record is his band camp so google him find his band camp page because and buy it on a friday because then all the all the proceeds goes so, directly yeah. to oscar and he promised to give me 10 percent of everything that we said. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey. That's right. Man. 10% done. Oscar, man. Thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project. Bro. Oh, man. Thank you for having me, man. Nice talking to you. Wishing you the best of luck on your your, your, your record release and the, the records coming out. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, man. My pleasure. My name is Darian Douglas. And my name is Gregory Ajid. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. Peace.